Daddy, what are you doing? What's up, Abra? <laughs> Happy post Father's Day to you, my good man. Post Father's Day. Post Father's Day. 2021. <laughs> Coming to the big screen this summer, it's Post Father's Day. Yeah, so hello to everybody out there in Internet Radio Land. Welcome to our meager production. Hope that yeah. all the fathers out there, all the daddios. Hope we that had all the pre-Father's Day show. Yeah, now man. Father's Day show. Absolutely. I hope that everybody, I hope that all the daddios out there had a had a swinging time, you know. Um, it was absolutely beautiful weather here, for sure, man. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous day. A lot going on in the old, uh, in Chateau de Wallace. Uh, and it's the first one as a grandfather. That is, I know. I mean, dude, we, we had a, we had a house full of dads, you know, we had, uh, you know, obviously, you know, with me and, and, uh, the new dads, Cody and Parker, you know, I give them big props, their first real daddy day. And, uh, and, and Cody's dad, Lane, his parents are, uh, are in town. So, uh, we got to celebrate a little bit with them and got to hang out with them. So, right. Say what? It was at your place, though, right? Well, yeah. Well, we uh, we actually went to we met up with them and did uh, like an early dinner. Um, I'll share I them. the chain of command of fathers. Oh, on Day when there's multiple dads. Yeah. Well, you know, his. I mean, they've come all the way out from Montana. You know, and Montana. it's amazing. I mean, going to Montana soon. He's a, uh, Lane is a, a dental floss tycoon. Um, you know, he's raising them up and waxing them down. Yeah, you know, he, sell, he sells them in a little white box that he sells uptown. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, so, dude, you know, it's classic. And that's just skimming the surface of uh, the, the Zappa-isms. Yeah. Uh, you know, could I interest you in a pair of Zircon encrusted tweezers? Um here we go. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he uh we went out to the we went out to the Dolphin restaurant which is all the way at the end of Harpswell Neck here in Cundy's Harbor. The view out there is Cundy's Harbor. Not not Cundy's Harbor. It's in Harpswell, it's the end of Harpswell Neck. Oh. Um but the view from out there man is priceless. I mean, you sit at the restaurant, we sat outside. Uh, sun was not. It was a little. There was a breeze blowing. There was a little chill in the air. But I mean, you just you look out at this point, and it's just nothing but Casco Bay. You just see all the islands out there in the bay. Absolutely beautiful. Um, the food is great. Uh, so we did that, and then we came back here and hung out for a while. Had a fire going in the backyard, and uh, you know the kids were all. They got a frisbee out, and they were you know throwing frisbee around and. It was nice. You know, I ended up staying up way too late with my son, sitting out back talking financials. That kid, dude, it blows my mind, the stuff that he knows that I am absolutely, when it comes to finances, I I mean, for, what, 26 years old, you know, where he's, no, he'll be 26 in September. Like, the shit that he knows that I am absolutely ignorant of. I mean... Just all the various aspects of like investing money or putting money away in different types of, you know, shelters or whatever. I mean, we sat out there forever last night talking to him about this stuff. 
Um, so, you know, he's got that kind of mind, man. He's a really smart guy. And I think he, you know, once, once he got out into the working world, you know, once he joined the Marine Corps and he was making some money, you know, he really decided that he wanted to, you know, start doing something constructive with it. And he did a lot of research, you know, he did a lot of research and, uh, you know, started digging around about exactly how all these various things work and what's pre-tax and what's post-tax and just all that stuff. So today was a rough day, man. It was rough. A lot of people decided to go out on their boats on that beautiful Father's Day. And a lot of people and a lot of people broke stuff. (laughs) Man, I'm that dude, that is crazy to me because like I'm, I was starting to make fun of my brother because he got a boat, you know, several months ago. Yeah. Like, every, like not every time, but 20% of the time he takes it out, something happens. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. Well, I, I will tell you, dude, the reality is, is that I spent the day jumping through all sorts of hoops. I had to actually, my lunch break. It was, I mean, it wasn't even, I didn't, I didn't even punch out for my lunch break, dude, because this dude called up. We had worked on his motor last week and all of a sudden he's calling us today, telling us that there's water in the fuel and all this stuff. And, um, I ended up having to drive to, I, I had to drive to Cundy's Haba. I had to drive down to Cundy's Haba and bring him a whole bunch of new fuel filters. Yes, sir. You know, but it was just. Dude, people are like people are getting to the point we are so busy and we're working so hard to try to get everybody, you know, their boats and everything. And, you know, at the same time, you got people who have already gotten their boats, but then something's gone wrong and now they're bringing their boats back. And we're so busy. It's hard to get ahead of anything. And people are starting to get freaking impatient. You know, summertime in Maine is not that long. I mean, it's been feeling like summertime for quite some time. I mean, since really probably beginning of June, I mean, the weather's been re- you know, reasonably nice. It's been warm. Um, I mean, Jennifer was out at her parents' place. Um, she was out at her parents' place today uh, visiting with her grandmother because her, you know, her grandmother's in hospice. And she said out there it was like 90 degrees and humid like Virginia beach weather. Yeah, it's ninety six today, right now. Yeah, just really, really rough. Um, what a great, what a great day not to have AC in our building. Are you are you serious? Yeah. Oh fuck that. Ugh. Good yep. lord, man. You know. Well, yes. So no hierarchy on the Father's Day. What not really. Because not if, really. If I'm doing it, if, let's say I'm at my parents' house, right? Yeah. The hierarchy is like it's I, I'm a dad, you yeah. know. Um, but it's it's my dad's soiree. My dad's oh, 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 oh. I, I, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously with the boys, then yeah. It's like, hey, obviously. what are we doing? What are we yeah. doing? Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, we're like, you know, and, and I give them a lot of, you know, I give them a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of room. You know what I mean? I really try not to be like. I don't like lord over them. I'm sure they probably feel like I do, but you know, I mean, I really try not to. I really, th- there are moments, man, where like, I'll tell you what, you know, 
one of the hard things as a grandparent man is stepping out of the way. It really is, you know, because obviously parenting is a learning process. And it's like I've said to my kids a million times, you know, like anytime we've ever done something stupid as parents, you know, acted in, you know, responded to the kids or reacting to them inappropriately or out of proportion or whatever. And the kids are like, you know, and I've, and I openly would like apologize to them like, Hey, you know, totally dealt with that the wrong way, whatever. But I've said to them, like, you know, something, the reality is, man, you didn't pop out with a freaking owner's manual. I'm just trying to figure it out every day. I'm trying to figure out the, what the thing to do is. Um, and they're, they're doing the same thing. You know, I do try to, I do try to give them, you know, advice you know, stuff like that. But I really try not to like, even when I see them doing something that I'm sort of like, mm, for the most part, I really do try to like keep my mouth shut, you know, just because dude, they don't need that. They don't need me sitting there all the time being like, what are you doing? You need to do this or you need to do that. They'd be like, Oh my God, you're driving fucking crazy. And some lessons are just learned the hard way. It just is what it is. Um, so, but it, I mean, obviously being it's, it really is. It's like that patriarchy. I mean, and I don't, I don't even think that we have a patriarchy here because Jennifer and I are so, you know, it's like we're a singularity. I mean, we're, we're different. We're not the same people. She reacts to situations in a different way than I do or whatever. But we do try our best, you know, with the kids. We've always tried our best to sort of present sort of a united front for them which i think is really important and one of uh, i was looking through my memories today and you know popped up as posts that i posted about my dad and i'm like he's never told me how to live he lives and and i watch him that's it yeah sure he doesn't... No, I, well and i think the thing is is that i think one of the things is that you know as a you know I mean, you're, you're watching their example and, you know, you see the things that, I mean, I know I did, like I saw the things that my dad did that I was like, nah, I would, I would not handle things that way. You know, I'm not going to handle things that way. Um, but then I think the big thing is just that, you know, when you become a father yourself, it really humanizes your parents. Huh. You know, your parents become less, they're not, they're no longer like these figures, at least in my mind, they're they're they become human to you. You know, you can identify with their struggles because you're having those struggles now, and you're sort of and all of a sudden it's sort of like you know you're confronted with these things, and it's like, wow, okay, now that now I understand why my dad or my mom did what they did, why they dealt with things in a particular way, um, and I think that that's I mean that's one of the I think that's one of the most amazing things about about being, you know, being a parent is how I think it really, your your relationship with your own parents evolves through that, through that experience. Um, well, a lot of times too, it's like, I've called and told my dad, my, my troubles and yeah. whatever. And he's like, good luck with that. <laughs> well, yeah. Because most of the time when he said that, it's because, I already knew what the answer was. Right. And he wasn't going to you know, tell you something you already knew. Like, yeah. You already know what you're yeah. supposed to do. Now, I mean, and, and 
you know, I will say like, you know, there are times where, you know, like this whole experience of becoming a grandparent, you know, my parents were significantly older, um, especially my dad. I mean, shoot, if my dad were still around, I think he would have turned, um, his birthday was this month. He would have turned 94 this month. Um, so like I say, well, I mean, having become a grandparent, I mean, it's, it's almost like when you first become a parent, you know, you, I, you know, being able to turn to your own parents for guidance and help and, you know, sort of advice and all those things. And I mean, both my parents are gone. Um, and obviously we've got, you know, we still have Jennifer's parents, um, which is a blessing, but I would be lying if I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that. I mean, I, there are times where I wish my parents were still around, you know, just so that I could, you know, chew on their ear and, you know, sort of to get some of that advice about things. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that my father, for the most part, I think he really was a lot like me as a grandparent, where he sort of would step out of the way. He never really was like giving advice or whatever. Although you could always tell with my dad, like if, if one of the grandkids was doing something that was really like annoying him, he would make it abundantly clear without really saying anything. You know what I'm saying? Like he wouldn't even really say anything. It was just like, he would assume this air about him where you were like, uh, shit, stop doing that. You're driving grandpa nuts. (laughs) I mean, I remember my parents living in Florida and my brother was still living in Florida. And of course it's hot as hell. We went down there to visit one time in the summer. And I mean, I remember my, my nephews, um, the oldest one, Cameron, I don't think Wesley was even around. Cameron was still in diapers. And, uh, I remember him, like my mother used to homeschool Cameron and first it was sort of daycare, you know, whatever. He was real small, but I remember going and visiting them and Cameron's there and he's like basically running around the house in nothing but a diaper. And oh my God, dude, that drove my father nuts. That drove him crazy. I mean, he's like sitting in the living room and we're watching, you know, Cameron's running around and he's like pushing an ottoman around or something, you know. And my father's in the living room and he's just like, Joy! Joy, put some clothes on this kid. <laughs> it's like it's like a hundred degrees out, you know, like insane humidity. I mean, I don't even know I don't even think my parents had air conditioning. Maybe they did, but oh my god, it was just so hot. And of course this little kid is like running around in a diaper because he's freaking hot. But, dude, to my dad, you know, my father was a product of the Great Depression, man. He was born in 1927. And, you know, the only people who let their kids run around the house in diapers were people that couldn't afford to put clothes on. And in my father's mind, there was no way in hell that anybody was going to see his grandson running around in nothing but a diaper. I mean, that was just the way it was. I mean, we've, you know, it's like... uh growing up in my parents' house, like you, you didn't come to the dinner table without your shoes on. Yeah. No. And, and I'm kind of like that a little bit, like, especially like, no, you're not going out the door like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, I was the same way. I mean, and, and I, well, I mean, there were, and my kids really weren't outrageous about it. You know, my kids were never really like, 
super insane about what they were wearing or whatever, but I used to drive my parents crazy. My dad, oh my God, dude, if we were wearing clothes, because it like, dude, you know, late 80s, early 90s, like torn jeans and all that kind of shit. Dude, that was fashion. It used to drive my father fucking apey, dude. You know, like, why are, why, are, why are these kids wearing all these clothes with holes in them? Well, we can't buy them clothes. We can't put them in clothes that don't have holes. You know? Um, and that's the thing, too. It's like, don't tell me that's your style because lazy isn't a style. Oh, dude. I remember, <laughs> I remember one time my, my, my sister, Nicole, um, she's like my adopted sister. This, we've probably, I don't know if we've talked about this before. She's like my adopted sister, but she was really like my half niece. Her mother was my oldest sibling um, and was my half-sister on my dad's side. Um, but my parents raised Nicole. Anyway, I remember, this, I remember this point where she was probably like, I don't know, 14 years old or something like that. And she had this shirt. It was a t-shirt. And it was just, it was, you know how t-shirts get when you've washed them a million times? Like at least the yeah. old, old and the, the material starts to become like translucent and the seams all start to give and all that sort of stuff. She's getting broken in. Oh, dude, she's wearing this shirt. But of course, she had a shirt on underneath it, you know, some other tank top or T-shirt or something. But she had this shirt on and it was driving my father crazy. Like, why is she wearing that shirt? Why is she wearing that shirt? And it was it was pissing her off that my father kept making an issue out of this whole thing. And I remember being down in my parents' basement and my mother was doing laundry or something. And I was down there talking to her about something. And Nicole comes downstairs and she's down in the basement and she's bitching to my mother because my, my, my dad, he's being such an asshole. You know, he won't, you know, he won't leave me alone. He keeps giving me heart, you know, whatever. And my mother's keeping her mouth shut. But the more that Nicole bitches, the more pissed off I can tell my mother is getting until, dude, my mother just freaking snapped. Snapped. Dude, she grabbed that t-shirt by the shoulders and literally ripped it off my sister's back. <laughs> and I remember, and like, and she tears this shirt off and she yells at my sister something like, well, you know, maybe it's because your father doesn't want people, you know, around town thinking that we can't afford to put clothes on our kids' backs. And, of course, Nicole's just standing there in complete shock. I mean, just she can't believe what has just. <laughs> I was, too, man. I'm standing there like, holy shit. <laughs> Mom just ripped that shirt right off her back. What the fuck? I mean, just. But he was old school, man. Like, I learned how to eat very quickly. As a kid, <laughs> sitting around my parents' dining room table. There was no conversation at the dining room table, dude. There was none. And I know I'm probably painting my father out like he was a nut, but a hardworking dude and loved us all to death. But he was a product of his generation, man. And it was all about manners and you don't put your elbows on the table. You don't push the food onto your fork with your fingers. You chew with your mouth closed. You know, I, he would sit at the end of the dining room table and just eyeball everybody and it was like so for as dude as a kid how do you get away from it because you weren't allowed to get down from the table unless you cleaned your plate you know you weren't wasting anything you're eating your food and 
dude, I mean, it was just like, okay, so what's the remedy for this? Inhale your food so you can get as far away from this table as you possibly can. You know, and I was just, even as a young kid, it was just like, whoop, okay, I'm done. Can I be excused? And that was the thing. You didn't just get up from the table and leave. You asked. You got permission to leave the table, you know, um, which was kind of weird, man, because by the time I got into high school, like, that's the way it always was when I was a kid. But when I got up towards, like, high school, we just stopped eating around the table. All of a sudden, every night when we ate dinner, we ate dinner on tray tables sitting in the living room. And I was just like, you know, my father sitting there at the table. He was always the first one to be fed. You know, he was always the first one to be fed. My mother's in the kitchen getting plates for everybody. And as she's trying to bring plates out to everyone, my father's sitting there in his chair yelling out to her like, Joy, give me some bread. (laughs) That was the thing. He always had to have bread with dinner. Tell me that's not an old fucking person thing, man. I mean, am I completely wrong? Or perhaps I've lost you. It says you're still connected. Well, I guess it's, uh, I guess it's the, 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 Jim, the Jimbo show. So uh, for all the folks out there, well, we're having a little technical difficulty and you know, we'll see about joining back in the program in uh, just a few moments here. All right. So, that is old school. That is old school. <laughs> yeah. So like I say, this was, you know, my it was, you know, coffee, you know, like, I don't think he had coffee with dinner every night, but bread. There had to be bread and butter with every meal. That was just how it was. Why is that considered old school? I don't know. I order coffee with lunch and people think that I'm acting like an elderly person. I mean, they've never been in the military then. That's seriously... Dude, that is no shit, Jeremy. That is no shit. My wife and kids, we go to lunch and I ask for a freaking coffee and my kids are like, oh my God, what are you trying to like turn into an old person? Like, no, I just want a freaking coffee, man. Like I'm having lunch and I want You know what it is? We got to be on point, on edge at all times. Dude, seriously. <laughs> They're like, well, then why don't You're you just order up. a, why don't you just order a soda then? I'm like, I don't want a soda. I want a freaking coffee, man. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Well, yeah. I had um, I had my special breakfast. Um, What'd you have? Uh, like a Spanish omelet that my Ooh. mom makes, but April made it for me. Damn! I know. And then wow. uh, we went bowling. I saw the pictures of bowling. Yeah, we went we went bowling. It was it was kind of it was it was good. Um, my daughter, who was five, did not want to use the the railings, like the yeah the the little slide that you put the ball right. on. So she yep. wanted to actually throw. So that was an adventure. Because at bet. one point she let go and it went in the other person's lane. Oh no! <laughs> but it was so slow it didn't make it all the way down. So that was funny. She got embarrassed. Oh, was like, bet. no, 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 you're fine. Like, and they were high school kids, like probably seniors. Like, no, we'll get it, we'll get it. Try it again, try it again. Wow. Um, but then we only did two games because, you know, with six people bowling, one game yeah. took a while. Yeah. But so the second game, uh, and I did this on purpose. I wanted to see, since my boys are almost all teenagers now, like in, in episode one, I was like, hey, whoever wins this next game gets 20 bucks. 
Oh, damn. You're hanging out money on Father's Day. I literally threw a grenade in there and, like, because <laughs> I didn't realize, one, how competitive they are against each other. Sure. And two, uh, like, just they were poor sportsmen. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Because. They were like making noises as each one of them were going to throw the ball. Oh no! Staring each other down, or like my oldest son, he's like, "I'm not even gonna look," and he threw it, and he just walked back. He's like, and he heard, and of course it was a strike. He was like, "See, that's what I'm talking about. You don't tell me. You don't tell." Like (laughs) pointing in their face. Oh my god! I I was laughing. You know, I was like, "All right, okay, yeah." I mean, yeah. shit, they're brothers. Of and they're course. all, like, two years apart. Some yep. of less than that. So it's like, it was great, though. And That's then, awesome. And then, of course, because, no, you know, no one ever carries cash or whatever. So then, before we went home, we went to the ATM, got 20 bucks out. Hey, there you go. The other the other two were pissed. I'm like, well, do better. I, I don't know. Yeah. You're like, what do you want me to do? He won. You don't want, you don't want me to, to give him the reward that I offered? But... But the other thing was, it's like, hey man, don't don't make Mateo mad because he's the one cooking his dinner tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he no, he and he did, and, and uh, it's just one. He's doing it for his Boy Scout cooking merit badge. Oh, cool. And so I was like, ooh, what are we having? He's like spaghetti meatballs. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like everything I wanted. Everything I wanted: spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, man. Yeah, but mo- for the most part, it was, you know, a relaxing day. Now, that's good. I got to watch what I wanted to watch on TV downstairs. Very cool. <laughs> that is important, man. Especially when you have, you know, like, it's usually between me and my daughter. <laughs> yeah. And because uh, April just watch whatever's on, you know, uh, we have similar tastes in, in shows, so. There's only so much what is called bluey or something that I can hear or watch in a day. My daughter will watch it for as long as we let her. So, yeah. No, it was good. And I had the, uh, it's called the Daddest Beer Box. So it was like a Father's oh, yeah. Day special beer, which came with a tie. Did it? Yes. Was it nice? No, it's like an old, like, you could tell they went to thrift shops. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but no, they I had it delivered on Saturday, which was funny because the family went to the beach on Saturday, but I had a esports tournament. So I stayed and I just like, you know what, I'm gonna order postmates. And the food and the beer arrived at the exact same time. Oh wow. It was amazing. That's cool. So no, it was good. Um, That's awesome, man. Good Father's Day. Yeah. What more could you ask for? Well, you know, honestly, for me, man, it was like, you know, the breakfast thing, like, you know, Jen and and Madison cooked breakfast and that was nice. Um, And then we actually, they helped out. Everybody helped out at least, you know, Jen and uh, Madison and uh, Parker, they actually helped out with cleaning up the backyard and everything because we knew that uh, Cody's parents, you know, they were going to be coming over. They're actually, I'll tell you, they're staying at an Airbnb that's across town that is in uh, some of the old Navy housing. 
uh, from when the base was here. Um, you know, they've obviously sold off. These are all single family homes that are over on the other side of town. And when the base went under, uh, they sold all these houses and somebody bought up one of them. It's like a three bedroom, two bath. And they freaking, they, somebody bought it up and turned it into an Airbnb. I'm like, that's genius, man. Cause these houses aren't that expensive. You know, I mean, it's military yeah. housing. Uh, so they, um, you know, they turn it into Air- Airbnb. They charge like, I think uh, his mother said that they're paying like $1,700. Like $1,700 for the week. Which, I mean, might sound like a lot of money. But when you realize if they were staying in a hotel room and it's the two of them and Cody's two siblings, you'd have to have two hotel rooms. I mean, those hotel rooms are probably going to be close to $200 a night. That's $400 a day for an entire week. I mean, that just gets crazy. You yeah, know? I mean, uh, dude, I'm telling you, Airbnb, is, especially when you have a large group of people, is the best way to go. Absolutely. I mean, we were talking about it. When, when Jennifer heard that, she was like, wow, like, we should totally look at maybe doing like an Airbnb thing maybe next summer. You know, find a place that's out on one of the lakes or something here in, in Maine. And, and you you can go get groceries and then just, yeah. you know, do your thing. Like, you know, it, you know, some people like to go out a lot because I'm on vacation or whatever. But I'm telling you, even as a band on the road, um, you know, when we were on tours, like, yeah, we just did Airbnbs. because well, I told them that, too. I was talking to them about you guys going out on tour and utilizing that as your lodging. Yep. The you best. Know, it totally makes sense. I mean, you're saving a ton of money. Yep. A ton of money. And you're comfortable. You're relaxed. The, the people that do it right, the Airbnbs do it right, it's it's just like a furnished home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I oh. mean, the, the voices, they, you know, they, they were really impressed with this place. You know, like you say, they're like, it's just, it's a fully furnished three-bedroom, two-bath house. You know, we just happen to be staying there for the week, you know. So um, I have I have uh have a new thing where I'm looking up weird news articles. Weird news articles. Yeah, like odd news. Yes. All right. So here's one. A British family reunited with lost dog after more than 11 years. What? Yeah. Okay. Um so they lost the dog when it was three months old. And now they've been reunited. Do you take that dog back? Uh, how was how did they become reunited with this dog? Uh, because it had uh, health problems. It seems to see that. Um, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm reading the rest. So. The dog was found wandering loose and was brought into the veterinary clinic where she was scanned for a microchip and they found out that it was their dog. So the dog had just been astray. No, it it it, it belonged to somebody else and then it got out from that house. It escaped. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I, I part of me is like no, you don't take the dog back. Not if some of their family's been raising this dog. Yeah. That just seems eleven years. 
I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like the, I mean, if you haven't, if the dog disappeared and was only three months old and then it's been living with some other family for 11 years, I got news for you, man. That's home to that dog. (laughs) Your house that it lived in for three months is not, you know, home. I mean, I might be need to see the dog or whatever. I can't imagine being like, well, I'm taking my dog back. I mean, if I were the person, if I were the, if I were the person who'd been raising the dog, I'd be like, well, maybe you should have taken better care of your fucking dog. Oh, it says, it seems that someone might have taken her in and then the dog started getting health issues and they just let it go. Oh, lovely. They just let the dog go. It's having health issues. So they just like abandon it. Can't afford it. (sighs) Okay. Good God. Nope. Don't own pets if you can't take care of them, people. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Oh, here's a weird story for you. You're talking about weird news. How about Eric Clapton? Did you hear about Eric Clapton and the and the the the, the COVID vaccine? No, go. Oh yeah. That apparently it was an article that was in Rolling Stone that apparently Eric Clapton freaking got the got the COVID vaccine. It was the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, I think it was after his second shot and found his arms and hands paralyzed for like three weeks. What? Yes. And freaking like apparently his hands became like super, super sensitive uh, to like hot and cold like variations in temperature and stuff. Um, just absolutely crazy, dude. Crazy, crazy. Um, I heard, I can't remember who told me, somebody mentioned it to me over the weekend. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I looked it up and I was like, holy shit. It was talking about how um, Van Morrison, that apparently Van Morrison uh, did a... Uh, he did a um an album that was basically if you look at the album it's like the like the entire theme of the album is like a pushback against the whole covid vaccine thing yeah which is of course why you haven't heard anything about it because they're not gonna i mean who's nobody's gonna promote that at least not record companies um but apparently Clapton, you know, when he had this experience, he heard about Van Morrison having put out this album and or was working on the album, I guess. And he reached out to him once he recovered from these, you know, these after effects of the vaccine and ended up actually playing on at least one track on the album. Um, Just absolutely crazy, dude. Like what? I can't even imagine, dude. You imagine being Eric Clapton and all of a sudden he's also losing his hearing. Well, that's hardly surprising. I mean, really. And I don't know. I mean, you get people that are Clapton fans out there, man. But a lot of people out there don't know exactly like the whole story about Clapton. Dude, they need to watch the documentary because he's kind of he was kind of fucked up. He was way fucked up. (laughs) Like. He was way fucked up. Even I mean, with, you know, let's 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 call George Harrison and see what he thinks. Well, if he was still alive. Well, right, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, but dude, just you know, especially when it came to drugs. Oh yeah, I mean, there no, was a, there was no a time. blow, no show. Yeah, 
That's I what mean, his, that was that was what his shirt said. Yep. I mean, it was just not good. <laughs> Dude, on the documentary, it has there's like him snorting coke on the documentary and what? shooting up heroin. Oh yeah. Oh Jesus! It Christ. came out. I think it was Showtime. All right. That... So then, all right. Here we go. Dead or alive? You ready? Yes. Dick Van Dyke, dead or alive? For those of you he that died. don't know, he died, didn't he? He was on the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah, he was also in Mary, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, Carol, I think he was probably on uh, Carol Burnett show. Was Night he on Museum. Carol Burnett? Yeah. I don't remember um, him being on that show. Night at the Museum. He's part of the old dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what do you think? What do you think? I think he's dead. Dick Van Dyke. I thought he died in December of 1925. 1925. 1925. All right. Dick Van Dyke? Yes. Still alive. What? 95 years old. Oh, my God. Ugh. 95. I wonder what he looks like. Uh, <laughs> very. He looks like, have you seen pictures of Jimmy Carter? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's like that. not good. Like that. I mean, have you seen pictures of Joe Biden? <laughs> didn't 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 Jim Carrey do a great job as Joe Biden like on Saturday Night Live like because yeah. oh it was a, it was a split between Joe Biden and the the fireman guy that he did yeah so, yeah and, fireman, was it fireman yeah. Fire, fireman Bob or something like yeah. that yeah oh my a, god it was a split between the, those two people right there oh. yeah <laughs> oh my lord yeah. Oh, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. He's got to be an old motherfucker right there. Bag of bones. Bag of bones. uh, You know, what can you say? Like, they don't make them like they used to. Oh, they don't. Not like him. I mean, that dude's a legend. Legend. I mean, it's kind of weird, you know? It's kind of weird how you do have these folks in, like, Hollywood, whatever, and they get to a certain point in their lives, and they just sort of, like, you know, they sort of drift away as they become elderly and then next thing you know you just hear that they died and it's like oh shit I didn't even know that guy was even still alive I was watching a like a a documentary it's funny you mentioned that about uh, the making of the movie um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah Tarantino yeah and how like Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, character was like a uh, an amalgamation of a bunch of different people going through that time that you have these actors like in the 50s and 60s like they were television actors right? oh yes yep and and they were the shit but then once as they were getting older like all right do I make the plunge and try to go into film or right. do I stay television but if they stay television, then they lost their show. Like you're no longer the star of the show. Now you're going to be like the bad guy in the show. Right. Yep. And that's how ha- that happened to a lot of, a lot of those actors, you know, Dick Van Dyke was that actor. Sure. He was the fucking man on TV. Right. And never really made it, you know, I mean like as a leading actor, cause he wasn't the leading actor in, in, uh, Mary Poppins per se, because it's about Mary Poppins, right? I mean, yep. 
Um, you probably could say that about Chitty Chitty Chit Bang Bang, but you know, there's a lot of people in that movie that stole thunder. Oh, of course, yeah. So then he was just always just gonna be in TV, and that was it. Right. Until TV didn't want him anymore. Yeah. No, I mean that's true. Here's here's one for you. Here's one for you. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Gabe Kaplan. Otherwise oh, known as Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter. He's dead. No. What? He, he is not dead. I thought he was well, career is. But in dead. No! <laughs> but there I, hey, dude, that's a perfect example though. What you I were just he, talking he about. Have, he would have died. Like I thought I, I remember him seeing on a remembrance. Nope. He, uh, he freaking, he's 76 years old, lives in Los Angeles, California. Yep. Born March 31st, 1945 in Brooklyn, New York. There you go. But he's, that's exactly what, uh, that's exactly, it's exactly what you were just talking about. Like that, he as an actor never made that transition to film. Nope. I mean, that was was almost Clooney, dude. Think about it. That was oh, almost yeah. George No, Clooney. I know. Yep. Being able to successfully make that leap. I mean, yeah. think about Jennifer Aniston. Another one. She had a couple of films, but they just... Yeah. No, well, she's had a ton of films. That's yeah, my but, point. She actually made that leap. Uh, she's made that... She's been in a shit okay. ton of movies. Robert Redford. Right? Yeah. Like, was in films well into his... 70s, 80s, right? Right. Sean Connery, because he started off as James Bond. Yep. Um, but, but made his way. Uh, who, like to me, that's successfully like going through the way. Like Jennifer Anderson's not making films anymore. She's 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 on commercials now. She's like. Uh, <laughs> She's on commercials now. She is. That's all she ever does. Dude, dude. Get, here, here's Jamie here's, Lee Curtis. Dude, what here's, made it to a point, and now she's the fucking the probiotic. Well, yeah, she shit. turned. She got old, you know. And I think that the hard thing for her was the fact, and she's made been very, very clear about this. Like, I think that for her, one of the most difficult things is the fact that, you know, for her, you know, her looks were a huge part of what made her famous. And she's an old woman now. You know, she doesn't have those looks like she used to. And I think that she has really struggled to be able to cast herself as, you know, uh, as an older woman in, in, the, in the acting business. I mean, I think, I think she sees that. She's made that very clear. I mean, when she, what was it? What, I can't remember what magazine it was. It was like People or something like that. This was years ago. Where she had like a photo shoot, and it was basically her in just like her bra and panties or something. But as her body looks now, and it's dude, she's obviously an older woman. She's not that hot to trot, you know, piece that she used to be. And I mean, it was just this whole thing about like, you know, this is reality. I mean, you're you get older and you're moving on. Here's the interesting interesting thing about Gabe Kaplan, though. What is Gabe Kaplan doing today? 
he's a writer. Nope. Uh, nope. nope. Professional poker player. What? Yes. Wow. Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter. Carter. Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter. Yeah. He's a professional poker player. What about Horshack? Is he still alive? God, what? Hold on. We'll find out in just a second. Horshack. Where, where is he at? Oh, there he is. That was him. Uh, oh, man. No, he's not. No. Nope. What? Yeah. He, uh, let me see here. How old was he when he passed away? He was 63. Wow. Yeah, he passed away back it in. It goes was, uh, to show you people, you'd never know with dead or, dead or alive. This new segment's going somewhere. Dude, Ronald Gabriel Paulillo. That was his actual name. Born 1949 in New Haven, Connecticut. He passed away uh, August 14th, 2012. Dude, he's been gone for almost 10 years. Wow. Almost nine, you know. Palm Passed away in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. It's crazy. Yep. Mr. Cotter outlived Arnold Horshack. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> oh yeah yeah man it's crazy that's crazy you yep. never fucking know if you're interested John Travolta's house is for sale up here oh I didn't know he was a mainer oh yes uh well he's a he's a vacationer there's oh. there are there dude there are a, there are a lot of freaking what's the people. term you said there's a term that they you're, you're not you're you're, an, a, you're an out-of-stater you're from away now, you're from away. That's what yep. it was. Yep. He's from away. Um, yeah, there, dude, I think uh, Kirstie Alley. I don't know if she still does, but she had a place up here. Um, Judd Nelson. I think he's actually from here uh, and has a place up here. Uh, what's the guy's name from freaking uh, Grey's Anatomy? There's a bunch of guys. The the lead, <laughs> the the lead guy there. He's like the the uh, the head of surgery or whatever. Yeah, he's the know. he's I... the uh, he's the free... Patrick Dennehy. No, not Dennehy. Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's from here. He's from Maine. Because like that seems like it's the show that never fucking ends, dude. It doesn't. It's still on. I know. That's what you believe? You know? You're freaking... we in. Are it's, they trying to break a record? I well, that's hard to do, at least with real people, because I think The Simpsons still is doing that. Yeah, I mean, is there is there one is there a cast member from the first season that's still in the show? I don't know. I would. I doubt it. I, I dude, it's been on for seventeen seasons. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I want to know. Like. I mean, it who, just it who goes on season and one. on and on. Who was in season one? It's because Dempsey's not in there, right? No, he died. He died. Wow. No, he died in the show. He died in the show. Yeah, dude, my wife got crazy into Grey's Anatomy. She and the kids, like they got the girls. Oh my god, she got them hooked on that show. They were binging that shit for weeks. They went all the way back to like season one, and they just started freaking plugging away. 
I was like, oh my god, dude. I, I, can, I can only handle so much of that crap. Hospital dramas? No. That, I've worked in a hospital, dude. There's not, that much, there's not that much Pompeo. sex going on in hospital. Say what? Ellen Pompeo. Who's that? She was the girl in season one. Sandra O. Oh, she's still got to. She's got to be still in it, right? I don't I have no idea. Like I say, I don't want. I don't watch it. The, and I don't. And the, and the Jen and the kids don't watch it either. I mean, they've watched whatever's on like Netflix or something. What season are they on? Seventeen. First episode was March twenty seventh, two thousand five, on the American Broadcasting Company. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, man. Catherine Hagel? Nope. Ellen, Ellen Pompeo. Is she still on it? Yep. Holy crap. Yep. I knew there had yeah, been she's, one. She's one of those actresses who, like, people went kind of like crazy on for a while. Like, saying that she had, like, eating disorders and shit because she was so thin. It was freaking crazy. I mean, I, I think people had good reason to be concerned because I can remember her like, because she was in that movie freaking uh, old school. Yeah, yep. You know, and even in that movie, she was pretty thin. Well, so what is the difference between Grey's Anatomy and a soap opera at this point? It's nothing. There is, it's in a, it's a hospital soap opera. You know what I mean? Like, yes. It's just got a little bit more production value. Yeah. Dude, that's what I'm saying. It's, and it's at they're, night. They're all the same, dude. That's why I can't watch them. All those movies are all the same. Or those shows are all the same. It's just different names for the characters. You know? But it's just... Ugh, God. Ugh. I can't do it. I can't do it. Just like I can't watch, I can't watch any of those ridiculous freaking, you know... The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, all that crap. The, it's, to me, I, I just don't even understand the whole idea. You know, you have this woman who's being, you know, this woman who's being pursued by like 30 dudes at once. And just like getting passed around. I mean, I just don't even understand what the entertainment value in that is. And the and there's such, the, the people, invariably, there are just such shitty people in like on the show, you have to have shitty people in there, and they are. It's like I just hate watching them. <laughs> I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like shows like that just bring out terrible things in people. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's New Music Monday. Yes, it is. In fact, New Music Monday. Uh, I've talked about this artist before, and was driving back from the restaurant yesterday afternoon. Headed to the house, and one of his one of my favorite songs, and it's ironic that this came on. I hear it all the time, but it got me thinking about our last episode. Um, was uh, Jackson Brown and the Loadout, <laughs> and it got me thinking because we were talking in the last episode about like what life is like backstage at rock shows, huh. because that's what the song is all about, really. Well. You know, the song is about being on the road, uh, but it's specifically about, you know, <clears throat> it's specifically about, you know, what is what is it like to be on stage? Uh, what sort of brings you back to it 
over and over again. Uh, but, you know, there's a line in the song. We just, we just spend our time in hotel rooms and wander around backstage. Um, so like I say, it got me thinking about that, uh, that episode and, uh, they actually announced, I was listening to it on the radio, and they actually announced that come August, Jackson Brown has a new album coming out. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, he did a really cool collaboration with some people, you know, like a COVID song. Um, oh, did he? Yeah. But, um, no, that's cool. Man, people just don't underestimate how, like, the treasure of a songwriter that Jackson Brown is. Oh, it's unbelievable. Like you just, you know, um, people will think of as popular songs or whatever, but like, you got to go, go in the deep cuts and you find a song like Jimbo is talking about right now. And, you know, he, he is a storyteller. He is yep. literally a storyteller. Sure. In sing song. <laughs> in sing song. Yes. For real though. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, um, he he is. He can write songs that make sense and they don't rhyme. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's just crazy, man. Because I mean you and and I know we've talked about Jackson Brown before, but it's just the career that this guy has had. And we're talking about a dude who you know, you're talking about a dude who started his career being signed off as a signed on as a staff writer for like I think it was Atlantic Records or something like that and he was like 16 years old. Yeah, 16. That's 16. in 16 years old and the record companies are paying you to write songs for them. And it, one of the things I I because I had done a bunch of reading about about Jackson, one of the things I thought was really incredible about him was they were talking about how there was a period in time where he used to go out on tour and the entire set that they would play is stuff that no one had heard. He didn't play anything on some of these tours. He would go out and go to show to show and play nothing that had ever been released before. And I was like, dude, that's fucking brave. Yeah. That's real brave. I mean, that's when you all of a sudden realize who your fan base really is. You know, People who actually enjoy your songwriting, they enjoy your music because they just enjoy your music and not just because it's popular, you know, or whatever. He was ranked in the top 100 songwriters of all time, number 37. That's insane. It's insane. The dude is still kicking, man. Still out there making records. It's just unreal. You know, unreal. He was a co- I didn't know he was a co-writer on Take It Easy. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Makes sense, though. Yeah, no kidding. Like, yep. if you think about his songs, yeah. No, oh, dude, I, the I mean, first, he did all sorts of stuff like so that. So the first time I, uh, the first song that I'm like, who sings this song? And they were like, it's Jackson Brown, right? Was from Fast Times, Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah. The Somebody's Baby. Yep. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember what scene that is? Yeah, that's when they're getting it on in the freaking yeah, dugout. Damone. Yep. Yeah, when, <laughs> yeah, when Damone's freaking. Oh no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't Damone. Yeah. No, 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 no. This was oh, no, the scene where she's getting it on from the guy from the stereo place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the guy from the stereo store that's at the mall. Right. 
and they're in the freaking they're in the dugout. Oh yeah. Oh dude, the soundtrack to that movie is unreal. Unreal. When they're driving down the road and what was it when Damone and uh what's his name? Rat. Rat. Are, they're freaking driving in the car and he say and, and Damone is or no, he's it, this is before they're he's in the car. Damone is saying to to Rat he's saying, you know, do this, do that, you know, whatever. You know, when you're with this girl and he's like, and whenever, whenever possible, when you're about to get it on, turn on side one of Zeppelin four. <laughs> and it cuts to the next scene and it's Damone and the girl driving in his, his sister's car and they've got freaking cashmere. Yep. Which I think is ironic because that's not even on Zeppelin four, but. My old man is a television repairman. Uh, yeah. He's got the ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. We could <laughs> we could fix it. You're crazy, Spicoli. You can't fix gonna, that. My brother's gonna first he's gonna my, shit. My brother's gonna shit. <laughs> he's, my brother, he's gonna kill us. Well make up your mind, man. Is he gonna <laughs> shit or is he gonna kill us? <laughs> he's gonna shit and then he's gonna kill us. Oh my god. Listen, dude. man. My father as a television repair man. He's got the ultimate oh, set of tools. God. We can fix it. It's crazy, Spicoli. We can't fix this. <laughs> he looks out the car window. The fucking car is absolutely totaled. He's like, <laughs> we can fix it. <laughs> we can fix it. <laughs> One of the best movies of all fucking time. Oh, my God. So what uh, do you got? What you got for the new music? Dude, so mine uh, is not a new album, but it's old. And I, I can't believe I did some research and it's from Beck, uh-huh. not Jeff Beck, the artist yeah. known as Beck, sure. but Odalay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I think I, my first instinct was to buy that album uh, just because of the dog. That's, you know, one of those, what, what kind of dogs are those that have the, like the, the dreads? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a dog like jumping over. Really shaggy, forgetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, Odalay. And mm-hmm. to me, I thought this was one of like when it first came out. I thought it was one of his cooler ones because there's so many different styles. Um, and like, what did you think of Beck when he first came out? And all you heard was turn turn table Well, that's on this album. Yeah, but I'm talking about when his like Mellow Gold came out. Oh and yeah, yeah. Loser was the only song. I do, that, I, that, I was really like, eh. I and I was just where I was at at that time. It just was not anything that I was really into. It, it seemed really lazy. But then you know, as you actually listen to more of him, you know, you realize. He's a genius. He's a genius. I mean, you realize <laughs> that, like, it's just, it's actually really complicated stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, dude, because it's devil's haircut in my mind. Got in, dude, the sax. Yeah. Yep. Dude, or where is it at? Dude, I, I, that's like, yeah. I wanted to learn that road part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, that's pretty badass. It and is pretty new badass. pollutions, another like, yeah, dude. Like, 
I like little like little things that make me bring me back to like, dude, I haven't listened to that album in a while. Yeah. I haven't listened to that fucking album. This is one of them, Beck Odelay. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's a good choice, man. I haven't listened to that shit in a long, long right? time. Right? That's how I was like, what? Oh, yeah. No. No, very, very cool. Well, hey, listen, for the folks who are tuning into the show, thanks so much for giving us a listen. We'll be doing uh, YouTube Thursday. I did share the video on the on uh, the the Facebook page from uh, the Bull Island, uh, the 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 Erie Canal Soda Pop Festival. I shared the uh, the YouTube video on there. If you haven't checked that one out, uh, I'm telling you, blow your mind. Did you? I don't know if you happen to watch it, but um, check that out. And we'll be putting some extra some new stuff on there uh, this coming Thursday. Find some interesting things to uh, to look at on the YouTubes. And, uh, yeah, man. And, uh, you know, as usual, you know, tell your family, tell your friends, and I uh, will talk to you on Thursday. All right, later, man. Later, dude. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm.